Right. Um, you ready to go, bro? Yes, do it. Dad. You're right. It's not teased him. Right, okay. Um tell me I'll come and grab it. Yeah, all right, I've, all got, right, just... I've got I've got I've got halloumi, which I can't leave for ten minutes because obviously it needs to be eaten hot, doesn't it? And when we, and also when we're reviewing, that's all you'll be thinking about. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 121 of the Noise Podcast, part of the Noise Podcast Network, brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. I am your host, slash your boy, uh, Chris Pugh, and I am joined, unfortunately, by a faceless uh, Mr. Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis, today. Uh, camera not working, we hate to say it, but how are you, Sam? You're right. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. There are some among us in the crowd that are like, oh, okay, that's that's even better, actually. It's anything that's <laughs> that's the that's the last thing that this podcast needed to really take it over the top. If, if this gets a thousand views, I'm gonna be furious, to be honest with you. Um but, <laughs> but other than that, I'm um, I'm perfectly well, mate. I'm perfectly well, thank you. Uh, we are rock and metal podcast uh, we usually come to you at least once a fortnight with a review of an album that we find particularly interesting as you can see from today's title we are talking about peripheries periphery five uh gent is not a jar and before we get into that the best way you can support us is by subscribing liking slash following depending on whichever service you are using we're available on apple podcast spotify youtube basically anywhere you get your podcasts we will be there you can follow us on twitter at noise podcast or if you want to follow the general noise handle you can follow us at noise uk uh, sam i i don't see any reason why we should hang around here i, I the second we received this album uh, we weren't really there to talk about it on social media that we that we got it because apparently uh, a lot of people are trying to access the album early, etc. So we weren't really allowed to discuss the fact of having it early. But I really, really wanted to kind of share early thoughts on this album uh, with our with our followers on Twitter or, or just speak to you in detail about it. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Yeah, you and me both. Periphery are one of those bands that, um, regardless of what the opinion <clears throat> is, it's. Um... Because I've they've, they've came to take a kind of marmite impact on the metal industry as a whole. I feel the people mm. are either head over heels in love with them, or they think they're just like um, pretentious and annoying, pretentious, yeah, overcomplicated, and and that type of stuff. And I love them, um, so I'm yeah. I'm I'm definitely know which camp side I sit on. But I think they're a nice they're a nice temperature test for metal as a whole, um, in terms of how they're doing and the way that they're perceived and stuff. So it's um. And that's before we even get into the album. So it's a fascinating thing today. I, I do want to jump straight into the album, but but just before I do that, you mentioned about the idea of Periphery being a Marmite band there. I think Periphery are a really nice, eloquent staple for what 2010's alternative music achieved. I feel like Periphery, the, the kind of band Periphery are, they couldn't really exist in any other decade of metal or alternative music, if you understand what I'm getting at there. From like a technological studio production standpoint or just from like a musicianship chemistry standpoint? In terms of both of those things, I feel like obviously if they turned up in the 80s, it, people would have been like, what is this? This doesn't even make sense. Like there's a kitchen sink of ideas. I don't understand. People would have thought, people would have thought they were like aliens. in like Yeah, legitimately. Yeah. Imagine them seeing like Matt Halpin on drums in the 80s. <laughs> They'd be like, what's this? Um, the you 90s. Know you can hire octopuses. 
<laughs> the, the 90s uh, would have been too soon in terms of like that was Pantera and obviously early 90s was Metallica's era. Uh, early 2000s was, of course, the new metal explosion. Mid 2000s was the metalcore explosion. 2010s really was the perfect time for a band like Periphery to kind of rise through. And in terms of the Marmite approach for Periphery, I feel like they're very aware of it. And sometimes I think they play to it just in the sense of calling the album Gent is not a genre because I, I adore Periphery. Uh, but the merch, oh, I'm not a fan of the merch and I'm not a fan <laughs> of like the album. I'm not a fan of the album names. Like P4, like Hail Stan, like, oh, come on, lads, we can do better than this. And then Gent is not a genre. I understand the comedic side that they're coming at here because obviously... Gent has been considered a thing or genre since by since my sugar rat obson really, and 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 periphery have kind of ran off the back end of that. And I suppose it, it would be quite frustrating for them to for, to be called a gent band when really it's it, you know it's not a genre of music that is to be considered as, as a, a kind of wholesale product. Is it gent? So I understand what they're getting at, but they, there's just part of me that I, I adore the musical aspects of periphery, but then some of their outputs I do find kind of lame, and I'm not sure whether like I'm missing out on the punchline of the joke or whether I just consider it lame. When you, what did you think of the album title, Sam? Did it bother you? No, it didn't bother me. Um... <laughs> Bless you. <ya. laughs> um, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm giggling because, like, I love that you care as much about metal as you do. I just, I just saw it as like just a little in joke at their own fans. The only thing that, the only thing that really bothers me about it is this happens all the time where bands, like you say, piggyback on a genre or join a genre or play, play and create music that fits a certain trend and then tries to ostracize themselves from the same trend while also using it to take advantage of the very people that are like funding them and stuff that that's what it that's mm-hmm. what bothers me it's because it's like periphery um have used elements of a genre that has a certain subset of metal fans that they are also mocking while also writing music trying to appeal to them to continue to come to their shows and it's like um yeah it, 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 that, that element kind of rubs me the wrong way, um, unless unless periphery fans also are like, yeah, we're all in a joke, and we're there's like a sense of superiority where we're not really a gent band, we're beyond gent, a uh, gent plus, um, but but really they write music that can be attributed to that that subsection, and they know that, and pretending that they're different from that, I feels a little bit disingenuous to me. Um, to the point of sort of feeling a little bit patronising, I guess. But that's the only subset. That's the only section of it that really, really bothers me because it kind of feels that they they're trying to appeal and insult the very people that they're trying to appeal to, and I don't like that. Um, really. Um, that that's kind of that's kind of where it sits for me. But overall, overall, I also understand that if you're a periphery member and a periphery band or a massive periphery fan, they should be considered on a different plane to these um, generic gent-esque bands that have have populated because they are um, terrific musicians. Not that the gent musicians aren't, but they they offer so much of a wider palette musically and otherwise than simply following a particular genre. It's it's kind of reminiscent of uh, thrash bands writing thrash albums, then being like, we're not thrash, we're a metal band. 
are like in the yeah. in like the halfway through their career because they're trying to get away from an umbrella. Um, and they're trying to get away from being typecast or it's like an actor that plays a certain type of role and then tries to be, tries to get an Oscar for like a comedic role or a a sympathetic or romantic role. And everyone else is like, hold on a minute, you're Gerard Butler. You can't be, you can't have a character with depth. You shoot people. That's your job. Or like Liam Neeson appearing in like um like a rom-com in the 21st century though. It'd just be odd for people. It feels a little bit like that. So I can kind of understand the both the band and the fan standpoint, but I also do, I just don't like it when bands poke fun at the very people that they're trying to extract money from. That just doesn't feel good to me. Yes, like, like I say, I'm not sure if I'm missing out on the punchline of the joke here. But the, the the important thing is the greatest metric of whether I like Periphery or not is the music, and I think Periphery are just an amazing band, and they've just been really phenomenal since day one, really. And one of the things I wanted to mention before we, we are going to dive straight into review after this, one of the things I wanted to mention was, and obviously our Twitter followers aren't the absolute be, be all and end all of musical opinion, but I, I put out a kind of poll on Twitter being like, right, what's your favourite Periphery album? And really was just so neck and neck. I think Periphery 2 won by like 2% and the rest was all around, it was all around the 22, 23% marks um, for, for all the records. And I think that's the mark of a great band that is, where people are consistently split on which yeah. album's the best. Not, I'm not saying that they are like Metallica, but similar to Metallica, where you speak to a Metallica fan and one of them's going to say they're at Justice for All is the favourite album. You'll say, oh, right, yeah, okay. And then you go to the next one, they'll say, oh, no, the Black Album for me. And you nod along, that's fine. Then one says Master of Puppets. Then one says Ride the Lightning. And it just goes around in that circle. And you're like, yeah, yeah, like, no no problem. You just continue nodding along. The only time you lift your eyebrows a bit if someone says anything like Load or Reload or anything, mm, I'm not sure about that one, mate. But generally, like, with Metallica, there's that four that it could be any one of them. And I think that's a sign of a great band with Periphery where like, and the same thing happened like for our Twitter followers. It was very stuck down the middle. Mm, oh, P2 was amazing. Oh, Select Difficulty though. P3, that was another phenomenal album. And they were just completely stuck. And it's only P2 won by like 2%. So I, I adore Periphery. They are absolutely one of the best bands of the last decade. I, I, I stick to my comment that they wouldn't be able, I don't think they'd be able to exist in any other decade in terms of where music has gone to because of like tech metal tech death and obviously Meshuggah writing Obzen that just kind of opened up the, the ability for periphery to exist um so as we get into the album Sam uh, are we gonna miss out we're gonna skip out talking about the singles uh so as we speak as we record this wildfire Atropos and Zagreus are the three singles so we're not going to talk about those in depth I do just want to quickly talk about wildfire for one second Sam uh, because that was the first single that was released and that immediately got me back excited again about periphery did it do the same for you I loved it as an opener. I didn't listen to any of the singles until the album came out. So I listened to Oh, it. right. Okay. So you went into Wildfire uh, for the first time. Well, in that case, talk to me about it then just quickly before we move on. I mean, it's it was it felt like an appropriate follow-on from P4, that opening. It felt like because with, with Periphery 4, I felt that they'd actually strolled a little bit further away from the softer. Uh, periphery songs that 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 I've I've come to love actually, and they went they went uh, they went more towards a chugging um, heavy metal type um, style. So opening with something like Wildfire that has this like rolling drums, immediate heavy and thumping track um, was a nice transition. 
Um, but then as well, it, 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 it sort of flex in the um, electronic transmission sounds and all that type of stuff that's become a uh, quintessentially periphery. And you immediately get reunited with, with Spencer Teller's voice, the staccato breakdowns. There's a lovely dystopian solo. And there's like a, there's a venom and weight to it because there's a, I think there's a stereotype, the periphery are kind of like a soft metal band because of the, the technicality. And mm. I think that was blown out of the water on P4 and that continues to do so on this because there are songs of real magnitude. And I'm also, um, I find it interesting that these are the songs that they chose as singles um, because I think it's very clear that the band want to be perceived a certain way and want to be perceived as actually closer to a traditional metal band than they do a prog or light-hearted tech band, which is what you can find, or light-fingered rather than light-hearted, which is what you can find um, throughout this album. Actually, there are lots of moments of uh, serenity, I, I would say yeah. throughout this throughout this album that they don't choose to go a single, so that the, it was more listening back to that album from the start and thinking, okay, well, this is what they wanted to set the stall out on. That's interesting because there are songs later that actually achieve more from a um, pop sensibility and a melodic sensibility that are probably stereotypically more suited to be singles. I thought it was interesting that they went with these ones. This is a great metal song, um, Wildfire and Atropos, both nice and weighty. There's a metalcore elements in Atropos at the opening, I felt. Um, and the typical periphery solo full of wizardry. What it feels like to me, Chris, is that bands release singles to reassure their fans and then just do what they want on the rest of the album. And what periphery what it... do. That is absolutely what periphery do. And that's what they can do that because that's what the fans almost expect slash want by this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they brought this single out, uh, these two single outs, uh, Wildfire and Atropos. It's, and it's like, all right, calm down. There's riffs. Everything's cool. Um, yeah. There's, you know, there's 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 elements of blast beats and the screaming and there's growling and stuff like that. Don't worry at all. It'll still sound like a periphery record. And then uh, from track three onwards, you can get to the stuff that it feels like they really wanted to put on there. Um, like the heart of this record is more revealing than those singles. But overall, to to sort of tie a bow on your original question, I thought the opening tracks were great. I feel like if periphery were going to go, just my kind of three sentence review early on of the album if periphery were going to go for a satirical album title they could have called this we're just doing side quests now because (laughs) there are elements to this album that are just insane that they've managed to weave them in i'm not going to obviously shoot straight down to the bottom of the album immediately but there's moments where you listen to this and you're like hang on is that an EDM synth that they've put in there? It's like, oh, mm. wow, they're working with an EDM synth, and oh, that, that's elements of blues. Oh, that, oh, that's a bit of jazz there. Hang on, are they working around like a like a, a dance music beat there? That's mm. insane. Look, there's so there's so much to this album. It, it really is. Obviously, Periphery are this very expansive, wide band, and there's a huge casting net in terms of influences for Periphery and in terms of the kind of songs they write. But that's really, more so than any other Periphery album, I feel like it's really heavily accentuated here. Uh, one question before we start talking about Wax Wings, and I've got a lot to say about Wax Wings. Uh, one question. When we reviewed P4, we said that we really liked the album. It's a great album. But one of the great things about Periphery self-producing is they get to do what they want. 
but one of the problems with periphery self-producing is that they get to do what they want. Mm-hmm. And there was like, I think like, was it, I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was called Reptile, uh, the opening song on P4. It was like 16 minutes in our review yeah. of P4. We were saying, come on lads, you know, we don't need 16 minutes of this, you know, this song doesn't warrant 16 minutes, you know, we could have trimmed some fat, but obviously they're self-producing, aren't they? Misha Mansour, he's sitting there thinking, yeah, yeah, we'll chuck this in as well. And um, did you get the same vibe from this album? Uh, that the great thing is that they self-produce, but one of the problems is that they self-produce. I actually felt that this was a more slim-lined album. Um, I also felt the same. That's interesting. Yeah, I also felt similar. Yeah, I I, I, I feel that 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 they actually returned in a way to some of their instincts on their earlier records, where it was all mm. more about more about balance rather than showing off. Um, I think the thing is now it kind of feels a little bit like. Um, They've spent four albums proving that they're better technically than most bands. And now they can actually yeah. write the songs they really wanted to write now that they don't have to prove themselves to anybody. Yeah, um, I'm into because that. Yeah. I, I, think com- I think competition plays so much into metal and we don't really talk about it. And and you talk to into you talk to bands, and I haven't really spoken to a band for about for a few months now, but like it's kind of hinted at but never really expressly said. And bands talk about trying to develop their own sound and what they want to do and things like that. But I always think there's an underbelly of, we hear what the genre's doing around us and we want to do a better version of that. Or we listened to this album, we thought it was great and we could do better. And we saw that this was successful and we thought we could do a better version of that. Um, It reminds me of a slight side story, if you allow me to just tangent for just a second. Uh, Roger Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile right after like thousands of years, and then it was broken again a month later. Right, so that sh- uh, Roger Bannister proved to the human pe- for human races that it was possible to break it, and then it was broken a month later. And I feel like music's like that. Nobody thinks that it's possible until somebody does it the first time, and then all of a sudden it sparks off either imitations, which are lesser in quality, or improvements, which is what we get with musical development and, and derivation and stuff. I think periphery, yeah. a periphery an example of that in the way that they look around them and they see bands in the prog metal, tech metal world. And that P4 kind of felt a little bit like we're better than everybody and here's, here's 90 minutes that proves it. And then P5 feels like we can actually write any kind of song we like. And here it is. Whereas because, and again, um, you, you see what you think about this. This when we used to we used to review albums or well, we've reviewed albums in the past, there seems to be like a single theme for some bands. There's like a political mm. idea or social idea. And a lot of the songs, while different individually, run through a current of of, of some, some similar thematic idea. Periphery, I don't think do that. Periphery, it feels more like a running diary of just the things that they've done for 18 months. It feels it feels a little bit like um, here's just what we've created for eighteen months. You've just it's like it's like when we listen to a periphery album. I actually don't feel that they've written an album. I just feel that I've just poked my head into a studio for an hour and a half, and I've just been like yeah. a fly on the wall into the things that they create. Um, and I feel like that's 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 what we're doing here. Um, so in terms of in terms of where we're getting back to sort of like the musical section and the editing, the self self. Um, aggrandizing that we criticized on p4 i actually think that there's almost an element of maturity where they've abandoned this the need to prove how complex and 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 clever they are and they're only and there are elements of complexity this is not like a trim the fat album 
but they've done it for the they've done it for the benefit of the song. There's 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 very little here that I actually feel needs to be replaced. Um, really throughout the entire album, there there are only a couple of moments that I felt like the transitions between songs were a little bit superfluous, like because they were just so different from the song itself, and also incredibly different from the song that followed it. It just felt unnecessary to have random game pause music in between some of the songs here. But other than that, I actually felt every technical and creative decision made by the band here fit very well in what they were trying to do for the song, which was not something I could say for P4. And it was definitely something I did say for P3 and then said about P2 when we reviewed P3, because that was the first periphery album that we spoke about on this podcast. Where do you sit with all of that stuff? I think we should attack this straightforward, Sam, actually, because I agree with 90% of what you just said there. I think this okay. is a great album. Sam, what do you think? I think it's my early contender for album of the year, Chris. Amazing. Should we talk about Wax Wings? Because that song's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, is Wax Wings the best periphery song for the last two albums, Chris? It's better than anything I've written um, on P4, well, I think. I don't know whether I take it over It's Only Smiles. Because yeah, uh, I know that we, I, I know that we, I know that we criticise P4, but I, it's only smiles and satellite and Garden of Bones was the three that I was like, oh, these three are amazing now, and it's it's worth listening to this album just for these three because they're ridiculous. So I'm not sure whether I take it over. It's only smiles, but I, I, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's amazing. Wax wings. Oh my god. I completely agree. I re-listened to Only Smiles this morning, and I'm going to tell you now, it's better. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm gonna take your word, just, yeah i'll just i'm just telling you bro like um because it it maintains all of the melody and, and only smiles love that we had for it with those complicated riffs and the juxtaposing rhythms and stuff like that but then it it, it adds this extra element it's almost like only smiles plus in the sense that it's got this the second half of this uh, the second half of this song which they could have they could have ended this song at four minutes and it would have been a perfectly good, yeah. really nice riff, pop song periphery tune that me and you would have talked about. But the fact that they uh, just added this additional section with the solo, the halftime breakdown, the piano lullaby to finish, the the voice, Spencer's voice with these massive chords. Um, oh my God. They just decided to like, they must have reached this part of the song as a crossroads, the second, third. And that they, they, they could have just ended it. They could have gone back to the chorus, repeated a motif, ended it there, or that the take the, the path less taken, which is just blow it up completely, go down this complex, ambitious route. And what they've done is they've wielded of just a beautiful, beautiful weapon at the end of this because it it doesn't lose any impactful um, like size. It's gargantuan at the end of this song. But it maintains the sense of emotional fragility throughout this that is just so impressive. And that's a theme that comes later in this album. And we'll, I'm not going to talk about the songs later in, in detail, but the idea that they maintain what I would call like, you know, when you listen to the song, I think of like thin strands of musical notes, like almost like almost like uh, string theory in science or even like pasta, like thin spaghetti rolling together, all these little notes. And then it and then it thickens and increases in size to these massive, massive chunks of matter and idea. And they just integrate perfectly with each other. And they do that as well as any band I've really ever heard, and certainly any modern band. Um, it's I, I really, really, really do think this is a masterpiece of a song, Waxwings. It's just, just incredible. Yeah, I immediately you get you get hooked in by that audacious set that audacious guitar line that opens like kind of like a mediterranean sound 
uh, that eventually descends into that kind of thick brooding gent number it's got these kind of bold strong riffs um there's a beautiful drum build i mean matt halpern really i, I don't know many drummers are better at kind of doing a drum build into a chorus than Matt Halpern. He's amazing at just slowly building the tempo in a kind of technical aspect, not just kind of loose, like blast beats on the snare drum, but just kind of like that tempo build using the Tom Segrette effect and then just allowing, as the band always do, they get to that chorus part and then just let Spencer do his thing. Yes. There's a middle eight vocal run from Spencer on this song. Just silly, just crazy. And then when the keyboard comes in, the keyboard run comes in underneath him, just takes it all up to another level. Really stunning track, Wax Wings. As this album um, hits the shelves and and hits people's ears, I'd imagine Wax Wings is going to be the song that we see permeating um, online Twitter culture in the alternative universe because it's just so fantastically well written. That's not to say it's the only song that's worth talking about. Believe me, there's much more we're going to go into in a second. But Wax Wings is the best song on the album and possibly the best song they've written since select difficulty i'm not sure about it. it's only smiles i probably need to listen to wax wings and then only smiles next to it because uh, I'm, I'm a big only smiles guy but this is absolutely beautiful man um it moves on to everything is fine and then everything is fine sam I- i've written here in my notes is this one of the heaviest songs peripheries ever written i mean matt halpin does blast beats on this song <laughs> yeah i, I, I can't remember many times hearing matt halpin do blast beats it just—it's very—they're very rarely utilized. Um, but there's blast beats on this. It, this song is like insanely heavy. Yeah, there's the, the those staccato stabs with Spencer screaming over the top. It's like insane at times. It's like furious. I didn't even know they were angry. This angry as a band, like yeah. I was. The, um, I and I, I was really really impressed. There was a, there was a nice groove on the chorus as well. That monster in the mirror line was really really good. Um, I feel that they're, they're, they're always able to do that. We're always able to sort of take you away into whatever heavy room that they need to take you into. And they're always able to bring you back to an idea of sort of massive melody. I thought everything was fine, was 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 a really, really good song. But it, it I I kind of I kind of want to talk about the second third of this record, but I, I really want to talk I want to get your opinion on silhouette, Chris. Well, it's interesting that silhouette comes after everything is fine on the track listing because it completely juxtaposes everything is fine. Like it, it literally, the the ebony and ivory metaphor, it literally is ebony and ivory, silhouette and everything is fine. It's really interesting track listing placement. It's got this kind of 80s synth beat. And this is where I started thinking about the whole, my uh, allusion to periphery just doing side quests now. Because after everything that we previously heard in terms of the jazz on Wildfire, the huge uplifting pop chorus on wax wings, but also with the technicalities, the keyboard and the drum and the drum sounds. And then you get to silhouette. And it's like, it's an 80s synth beat. This is, this is like an 80s synth pop song. Um, it, it's kind of like the quote unquote lights on song at a disco. I really yeah. liked it. It was an unusual one to hear. I mean, in the same way as I guess it's only smiles was would have been quite unusual to hear on P4 for them to go that melodic and and that clean down the down the pop or harmony section. Um, but for silhouette, it's the kind of the similar take in the sense of it's so melodic, it's so borderline pop led. I really liked it. What did you think of it? I. I didn't know how to feel about it. Can I ask you, uh, Chris, I, I swear to God, can I ask you just a question here? 
Yeah. Why do you think? Why do you think this is on the album? Because, because I'm just thinking. <sighs> I'm thinking about it. I was just, I was listening to it right, and I was like, okay, I don't know where to place this. It, it it's a bit like one of the softer sleep token tracks. It's a there's a bit of 1975 in. There's a bit of EDM here, and then I thought to myself, okay, if you wrote this song, is it special enough to be a single? Probably not. Um, it's a nice chorus, and it's completely different to all of the al- the rest of the album. So why is it there? So a periphery trying to piss off their own audience. No, I, start... don't, I don't think they do that. I, I uh, don't uh, think. I don't think that's the kind of band they are. Or are they trying? Are they trying to stir up a Reddit discussion? Are they trying to prove themselves? Is it like a? Is something else we can do? Is it like um? Is it vanity? Is it just boredom? Like genuinely. Because it's, I don't know if you agree with me, it's not strong enough to be like a lead single. It's also not strong enough for them to put it out and be like, we're so, we believe in this so much, it's an indicator of where we're going. It's because it's not that either. So if it's a throwaway, why is it at the, in the middle of the record? Why does it, why is it here? Like, well, is, huh? it's interesting you bring that up. In the liner notes that we were sent with the album Misha in one of his interviews, had mentioned the fact of the problem with periphery now is we've got to the point where we won't write music unless it's challenging us, but there's not much that challenges us anymore because <laughs> they're periphery. They're just these group of amazing, incredible, sometimes once-in-a-lifetime musicians. So they'll only write music if they feel like it's challenging them. And Silhouette, obviously, should we write an 80 synth pop song? We've not done that before. That'd be challenging, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm. let's do an 80 synth pop song. Spencer could Spencer can do anything we throw at him. And the rest of us, we could figure it out because we're periphery. If you if, go into my head, Sam, I'd say that's the reason it's here. The, they only want to write an album that really challenges them and pushes them. Uh, we'll, we'll see another element of that uh, progress later on in our review. Uh, but, uh, mate, I, th- I think that's it. I think that's the reason. Well, fair enough then. Fair enough then. So in, in that circumstance, it's, it is vanity then, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, and, and and good for them and good for them because it is <laughs> you listen to it and for the first minute and 30 seconds you're like oh, I'm supposed to hate this but it's actually really good yeah um, it's really it's really insatiable it, yeah it's hard it's hard to it's hard to ignore like like we've talked about it before I've said it over and over again ad nauseum um, if you say if you say you don't like pop music you're just a liar um, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, that's the point that pop music is great pop music is great pop music and this is a great pop hook Um and that's just the way that it is. Um, however, I like that they do that because it it leads into really, and we, we talked we talked about Zagreus as a as a single, which is just it's just a terrific, terrific song. Um, but the final <laughs> the final songs on this record, Dracula Grass and Thanks No Buo. Oh my don't forget Dying Star, because I love oh, a bit of Dying Star. Oh, sorry, of course, sorry, of course. Uh, it's, uh, it's track six, isn't it? Sorry, so Dying Star. Dracula Grass and Thanks Nobuo, which is the last, last, last three of the last four record, the, the three of the last four songs. Yeah, are just they're just astonishing. Yeah, ridiculous. Dying Star's amazing, man. Obviously, Dracula Grass and Thanks Nobuo. There's much for us. There's a load for us to talk about because of their length. But Dying Star is their last. It's the last kind of. I, I use this term very loosely, kind of watered down periphery song in the sense of it's five and a half to six minutes feed your appetite and get you ready for this expansive, huge ending that P5 has got to it. But Dying Star, what, what, do you know what's amazing about it, Periphery? Like, and, and, you, and you see on Dying Star just so clearly, 
it kind of try they transcend back into like a rock or pop song, but not in a way that makes it sound like something weak or something like yeah. Skillet would do. Like every time periphery <laughs> do every time periphery do something that's like melodic or clean or kind of a movement away from heavy metal or alternative metal or whichever brand of music you want to put periphery in, it's always done with grace and grandeur. And it's just absolutely, they're so good at moving away from metal just for a second, using grace, but also making it really technical somehow. And I think Dying Star is the the piece that brings the idea together. This is a kitchen sink of an album that very, very rarely misses. I mean, there's a gang vocal that closes this song, Sam. That's another thing that they're just chucking to the album. Should we? Oh, we haven't done a gang vocal yet. Should get that in? Yeah, we'll chuck a gang vocal on Dying Star. It's amazing, and it, and none of this none of this feels like loose fittings. None of this feels like oh, there's thirty seconds you haven't filled yet. Mark, do you want to do another solo? Well, Jake, do you fancy doing a solo? Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, yeah. You chuck another solo in there. That'll do. It, it, that never happens with Periphery. Everything no. there's got weight and meaning behind it, man. I love Dying Star. So you kind of alluded to it earlier, Sam, and let's just, oh, mate, let's just get to it now. These final two songs are collect- collectively 23 minutes long, which, considering what we were talking about with Reptile on P4, I was, I was like, oh, please make this a word, please make this necessary for 12 minutes. Please don't make this a 12-minute song that could have just been two four-minute songs, and then there's just another four minutes of one nothingness. Mate, Dracul Grah is something, isn't he? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Um, it feels, um, it opens like a lumbering, like a heavyweight boxer type of opening with that. Yeah, it's got that P2 like opening, man. It's very much P2 the way Dracul Grar opens, really chunky, really thick sound. Um, and it just builds up to a fantastic breakdown, really, really brilliant chorus. And 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 there's just so much chaos here that Periphery are just so brilliant at, at creating. Um, it feels like a top tier classic periphery song here. This feels yeah. like um like it sort of ticks all of the boxes, every item on the bingo list type of thing of what you'd expect in a great periphery song. If I said to you, Periphery have written a great song, you're already mentally calculating, okay, well then it's got this, 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 and this, then that's what yeah, a great periphery right. song sounds like. And it does all of those things from the musicality, there's a fantastic chorus, there's heaviness, there's size and weight, and then all of a sudden there's brilliant transitions and breakdowns and things that take you by surprise. You feel like you're on like a twisted and turning journey with the band. Um, while at the same time, the musicians themselves are in incredible control of that journey as well, which I think is just a massive compliment to them. Um, and it just leads perfectly into this closing number, which has had a, like a loon type effect on me as a listener. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought, I thought that when I first heard, thanks Nabawa, I thought Sam is going to absolutely uh, adore this song. I, I loved the way in Dracul Grah, as it feeds into thanks Nabawa, Dracul Grah's got that pop synth motif that gives this kind of EDM build kind of transition. And that like kind of bleeds beautifully into the way thanks Nabawa opens because Matt Halpern absolutely rifles a drum fill through yes. the opening to immediately give it some punch. It's beautiful, man. I completely, I completely agree. It's, 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 it's a really tremendous album and it's, it's closed like this in the most perfect periphery style where I actually, once again, found myself just adoring the softer, more expansive areas of this album 
rather than just like sort of breakdown counting. Mm. Uh, and that's why that's why I love this band. I love Periphery when they just don't sound like anybody else, and when they make they take <clears> steps and and make creative decisions that are like only they could do this. Where it yeah. feels it feels like Periphery are like Rush wrapped in Machine Head, and it's just this like brilliant concoction of of technicality and um, ferocity and expansion and ambition, and only they can do this. And uh, Dracul Grar is is an example that they can write the perfect prog metal song. And thanks, Nobuo, feels like we could write a film score if we wanted. Yeah. Fairly easily. <laughs> Do you know what? That's a that's a fantastic way to analyze those two songs, actually. That's a fantastic analysis point. Thanks, oh, Nobuo. Thanks. Could thanks Nobuo is just is just evidence of periphery's ability. They could write a film score if they wanted to. You know, Biffy Clyro did that album for that song, Periphery could absolutely do something similar that's a that's a nice piece of analysis man i there's a there's a really obtuse layered instrumental section that comes into thanks nobuo that really uh, the first time i listen to an album i'm usually like playing a game or doing something and i just stopped i was like what's happening here as, as i did many times throughout listening to this album actually but specifically that really <laughs> obtuse instrumental section that hits about five minutes i just stopped and listened to it it, the, the the amount of directions this album goes in, really, honestly, this is side quest stuff, man. It's crazy, this album is. Yeah, it's not just side quest stuff. This is like what I imagine people who play Elden Ring felt like when they're... Uh, I remember Mo- I remember a, a, a mutual friend and former podcast guest, Martin, was talking about Elden Ring when he was like, I've been playing for four hours and I'm like 6% in. Um, yeah. And I've got, I've, like, I, I've got to this one thing and it just opens up this massive map and it feels like that. The, <clears throat> from about five minutes in to the, this song, um, and it, it feels like the first five minutes, once again, I love that the fact that they the appetizer and, and sort of like starters of periphery songs are like, oh, here's the five minutes you expect, but just wait, just wait. We're going to do some crazy shit at the end of this. Um, it's just that the way they're able to do that, the the half time the moment the half time breakdown kicks in with those sort of smooth Spencer vocals where it kind of feels like a little similar to that um that recent I think it was the summoning uh with the, the the sleep token tune that had that kind of funky section in it which yeah uh, which yeah I really it's a summoning, yeah um and and it, it was reminiscent to that and then goes into these just absolutely huge chords massively massively powerful sections that once again feel much more orchestral than they do um, metal or anything like that. And it fades into the equivalent chords as like a combination of electronica and synth and all this uh, Pro Tool stuff that just is just much, much, much far beyond anything that I could really comprehend in terms of how they put it together. But it mimics the same, mimics the same overarching themes and it's beautiful. It's, it's astonishing what it what it is. It, I don't know how really to explain it. It's like it's a, the 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 six minute mark in that they have these figures and these mu- these musical sections that are based on the drums and the bass, and the guitar, and then they take all of those individual instruments away and they just leave it with the bass sounds and the bass chords that just run that were running underneath the the song like a wave, and then take everything's taken away. Only that wave remains and it just fades into this beautiful synth stuff. I, before before our review started, I listened to that final track just as you were doing, 
Yeah, I, I was just, I'll just do it one more time before we started the review. Yeah. Um, I, with a big pair of headphones and just sort of sank into it. And Chris, it's a it's a wonderful experience. It's amazing. It's an incredible, incredible piece of music. Thanks, Nobo Always. Yeah, and and that's and that's it. So, and this is what I want to hit on. This is the 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 the, the closing point I want to make about this album specifically. Periphery are so good at creating music. I actually forget about being a metal reviewer and a metal fan, and then being a metal band. I they they're so good. All of my all of the stuff that goes into a review and goes into a fan listen to a song, which is what are my expectations? What do I want? What do I like? What do I hope happens? What do I think this band's capable of? What are this band's ceiling? What does this band's future hold? How is this going to be adjusted based on what the what the stuff that I hear? What are the things I'm going to say about it? And what does everybody else in the world think about it? All that shit fight, those 11 things, all that stuff fades away. And I just stop thinking about anything else and just enjoying it for what it is. Right. Nothing, nothing, nothing that I've heard this year and, 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 and other than periphery type stuff and sleep token made me feel like this with sundowning and, and a couple of bands have done this. Either. They just make me forget about the, the inertia of being a, a, a metal fan and make you forget about things like, genre stereotypes and what what, yeah. what 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 boat does this fit in and how does this work in their career and what and what does it mean and, and and what's the tweet gonna be and and all the stuff that that make you like a music journalist or a music pundit or like us just sort of commenters on on the industry as a whole i guess um all of that washes away and i just enjoy it and i just think to myself like you just like you just said just a simple statement it's a wonderful piece of music. Who yeah. do, like who cares? Who gives a toss about where it fits in the great pantheon of periphery and metal and what it does? Who cares? This is just a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. Beautiful piece of music, and you can sink into it in the same way that you can sink into a great piece of piece of art or watch a great film. Like you watch, you watch a great movie, and you're not thinking. Uh, or where does all quiet on the Western Front? It's just, how does that compare to other yeah, war yeah. films? And that's the who mm. cares? It's just a brilliant story, effectively told. Just enjoy it, and that that's great because I spend a lot of my time listening to music, fervently thinking, um, is this new or interesting, or where does it sit with their other stuff, and where does it compare to? And I don't just enjoy the music; it's layered with all this extra stuff. Periphery, take that all away where I just listen to it and enjoy them as a piece of music. And it returns music to what it is meant to be, which is just, this is an enjoyable piece of music. Let's stop ranking, worrying and, and hand-wringing over where it sits and stands and just enjoy it for what it is at this moment. And it's very rare that a piece of music <clears throat> can remove all of those um, additional, additional bits that are just sort of like, I don't know how to describe it, just sort of extra flotsam and jetsam that none of it really matters. And it reminds you that just great music is great music. And I think that's a very, very affirming thing and a very affirming thing to say about the band and this song in general. Do you know what? I haven't got any more than one to add to that. Uh, I, I think you've summed up Thanks Number while beautifully. And I think that actually sums up the record uh, beautifully as well, to a strange extent. A, a, a lot of this, a lot of this record, is just beautifully produced, beautifully performed, beautifully written music. 
with metal edge with progressive edge and with pop edge somehow they've made all those all three of those things work of course they have their periphery and when misha is saying things like yeah the problem for us now though is we're only writing songs that they're really challenging for us well they have overcome all of the challenges that have faced them on this album with the exception of in my opinion it's kind of weak album title this is a fantastic, fantastic record. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about where it ranks because I, I am a sucker for recency bias. But at the very least, Periphery fans, there's yet another great Periphery album coming. Who would have thought it? Right. Absolutely. At the very least, it's it's in that. It's it's in that. It's a Periphery album, Chris. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's, who'd, who'd, who'd have guessed Periphery writing a great album? Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> we wouldn't all, they're have known. All, they're all great. It's just it's just another one. Uh, that's a perfect place for us to leave off uh, episode 121 of the noise podcast we are going to be back in uh two weeks time we're going to be talking about the new august burns red album and the new dawn raid album very excited to hear sam's thoughts on dawn raid i'm not sure he's ever listened to them before uh but thank you very much for watching slash listening depending on the service you are using remember the best way to support us is by subscribing on youtube slash liking or following depending on the service you are using follow us on twitter at noise podcast you can follow the general website handle at noise uk uh p5 gent is not a drama is out on the 10th of march via three dot recordings it's an amazing album as we've as we've mentioned who'd have guessed it right periphery right another amazing album uh you're gonna love it a really really beautiful piece of music uh thank you very much for watching this episode we will be back soon we love you very much we'll see you later Bye.